Welcome, everybody. Another edition of the Lakeland Sports Guys. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Tom Carroll. Chris Coxon next to me. We've got Stan Spivey across the way. Going to be talking a lot of Carolina Clemson today. Also going to be talking about Erskine uh, basketball and Lander basketball. Chris found out where the Peachville Conference uh, <laughs> website is, so he's excited. You know, you can't wait to get started with all of that. And the head coaching changes. Your favorite segment, Chris, uh, with all this, we had a bunch of new changes, including Ware Shoals coming up with a new head football coach. Can't wait, man. Like, I text you, what, after Monday, Tuesday, that's when I, you started seeing them all in the low country start to change, Georgetown and all. Some of those are weird hires, kind of like the one with your Panthers today, but anyway, that's another story. <laughs> yeah, well, congrats to the Panthers. They went ahead and, and uh, uh, Coach Rank, I think I'll do a fairly decent job. It gives him a second chance because he will just kind of – well, he wasn't that great the, this past year as far as what he did with the Colts. I'll leave it like that. All right. Easy enough. Hopefully I, I he'll have a better time. I feel bad because you didn't hire Steve Wilkes. And he, I do, too. He busted tail for that team, and he's a defensive guy. Mm-hmm. Defense was better. And just to me, the offensive coordinator that was there just didn't feel like gap very well. I kind of was intrigued by Kellen Moore. I know it's the Dallas OC, but he ain't working with nothing with Jerry Jones. He's got two losers in Dak and Zeke, and that was that was an interesting look there for the interview yesterday to have him come in, just because he's twenty eight years old. He's young, but which with, Wright's probably what. But with Wright 50. coming in, you know, who does he go and get as his offensive coordinator, his defense? He can still go get these guys. Oh yeah, you know, mm-hmm. just because they applied for the head coaching job. Well, okay, you didn't get the head coaching job, but uh, if you're not happy in the situation you're in down there in Dallas. I I can get you right up here into Charlotte. Come on. <laughs> and I may be, right. that may be Tepper's thinking all yeah. along, man. Yeah. You know what? Steve Wilkes, you did a great job. We needed D.C. Will you stay at D.C.? And yeah. Maybe. I mean, if it's me, I'm like. We can give you some more out. money. We'll get you some more money. <laughs> the question, yeah. other question is, is did he want that job? Did he want the head coaching job? Or was he kind was of. Just a formality yeah. type deal. Yeah. I'm here. I want to show know. that I'm I still want to be D.C. And, but I'd yeah. rather be at D.C. I think he, I think he was into it. I really do because I'm gonna tell you that team believed after that fire was made and they moved on a different way. I mean, that team believed in him, offense mm-hmm. and defense. So that's that's a testament to him. So anyway, I hope I hope he stays. I really do because that's gonna be that's beneficial to the to the Panthers. All right, never say we don't talk NFL football here on the Lakeland Sports Guys. And I got my guy, too. Bill O'Brien. I got my man back. You got your man back. Oh, Lord. Here we go. Here we go. All right, well, let's talk about the uh, 22-23 South Carolina High School League football head coaching changes that are out there. We have got a mess load of schools that still do not have head football coaches. (laughs) But um, the three here in Region 1, which is the region that Greenwood is in, have hired uh, their coaches. They've had them hired for a while. Westside's got early step down. Brian Lane from Clover, the head football coach there, took that spot. Um, you look at Pickens with Chad Smith stepping down. We're sure, still not sure why he did, um, other than you know maybe he was looking to somewhere else in the North Carolina schools, what I have heard. But James Reynolds, the River Bluff assistant head coach, ends up taking that football job. And then the Berea with Julius Prince 
stepping down the AD for Berea. Drew Chisholm goes ahead and steps in over there for uh, the Berea Bulldogs to go along with it. But some other big changes, and we want to talk about this one, as uh, Chris Johnston steps down, wants to concentrate more on the AD and the basketball side, and he goes ahead and he hires what I think is going to be a pretty good uh, football coach hire. He gets the Chester assistant coach and Chris Dotson in this one. And, and this, uh, when I say this is a great hire, when you look at, at his his resume, he has got uh, what, two Mr. Football finalists that he has coached. He's got uh, a state championship that he's won as well. His team has reached the playoffs um, every single year, I think, but one that he has been a coach or assistant coach with. But what he said in the paper, I thought, was really chilling because this kind of follows along the same line I was coaching when I was over uh, with the Greenwood Gators and that uh, he plans to build the program on five pillars. And these are pillars that uh, affect you in life, everyday life, that, that you need to follow. One is discipline, work ethic, toughness, both mental and physical, uh, selflessness, and integrity. If you handle yourself with all of those, you're going to win in life. That's solid. And he's well, coming from a, a proven program, too. So. Well, and you look back at the history of where shows football, Jet Turner had a winner up there, mm-hmm. and that wasn't that many years ago. So, you know, get the guy a chance, and let's uh, – They're also going to be do. throwing this football all over what the freaking field, man. Yeah. They're going to have, as Mark Packer says, frisbee catching dogs yeah. <laughs> that are going to be out there. Um and, and these are his words. He says, we're going to line up four wide with an H-back or a tight end, depending on our personnel. Our passing game will be a horizontal game instead of a vertical game, and it'll just flip. Um, it'll be about flipping it out to the athletes in space. Well, I mean, like I said, we, we were privy to watch Chester or, or see Chester dealing with Emerald mm-hmm. this year in the past couple of years, actually, with Clinton also. Um, really great concept. I and mean, if I'm a Hornet and wear shoals, I'm loving what I'm hearing. Because there's no doubt that one thing you want to do is they want to get that crowd back to these games at Regal yep. Field up there. And um, I think that he's the guy that can do it. I mean, that's a really good hire. That's that's one of the bigger hires right there. It's huge. Uh, but congrats. Especially Can't wait here. to have uh, Christopher Dodson in town. I, when I called up there um, – Coach Johnson basically said he's not in town yet, <laughs> but <laughs> call back here in a couple of weeks uh, and I'll, I'll be able to pass along some more information. So um, he's still got some contract issues he's got to go through in order to get it done, but um, he's going to be the next guy. Looking forward to that. That's exciting, yeah. man. That's exciting. Yeah, better than what they're doing up there in uh, Phil, uh, not Philadelphia, <laughs> Baltimore. They can't seem to keep a quarterback, can they? <laughs> poor, old, poor old Lamar. Um, all right, back to the high school head coaching changes that are going on. Uh, also, uh, some other changes that did come, one of that being Hanahan, Art Craig steps down. But from Georgia Southern University's administration, Mylon Turner steps in. And, and you and I were texting back and forth with this one. <laughs> what kind of hire is this? Because this guy, uh, he is a winner everywhere he's gone. Okay, this is what I don't get. I mean, Hanahan's a little bit smaller school than what Berkeley mm-hmm. County is. Both of them need a coach. Why would you? Why? Why would he want to go to the smaller of the schools unless Berkeley is just a dumpster fire that it sounds like it may be now? Um, to me, I want to go to the to the big school, to the five A Berkeley. And but like I said, he went to Hanahan. That's a huge hire. And the first thing out of his mouth is, I want to think, you know, Coach uh, Coach Helton up at you know the old Southern Cal coaches at that Georgia Southern now. What kind of coach are they getting, Tom Carroll? They getting a, that's that's going to be that changes. He's got the dynamic. five state championships with five different teams. That changes the dynamic at Hanahan, though. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you right off the bat. And Berkeley, I don't think they're going to make it. They're not whoever they hire. 
this guy was – it's not going to be him, I can tell you. I'm wondering what Georgia Southern's going to do <laughs> <laughs> for another they're, assistant head coach. They're going right to go there. to Coastal, and they're going to say, hey, man, you know, whoever's left on Jamie's old staff, he's going to say, come on down here, man. <laughs> I know you're lonely because your coach is at Liberty and you didn't want to go, but come on. Come on, Georgia. Statesboro is a party town, on. man. Come on. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. We'll but see. Uh, other schools that are still looking for coaches, Aiken, of course, is still looking for a head football coach. Um, you mentioned Berkeley with Jerry Brown stepping down. Brian Lane, who was at Clover um, and is now at Westside. Uh, so Clover now looking for a head coach. You've got Columbia, um, which we haven't heard a lot about. They they were really good for a few number of years, but they've fallen off here slightly. Um, you got Conway still looking for a job. As a matter of fact, you got people turning down that job that were offered it. So and, that, not, and that's another one of those that kind of strikes you. What's going on over there? I, you know, because that program was a was a quality program, playing in the playoffs, making it to, you know. And then all of a sudden it's just nothing. I, it's kind of unusual. Sam, it's kind of like we joke about. You and I joke about the Little Johns yeah. up at Gaffney, and then you've got the Hemingways at Conway. Uh, is it that little spurt to where there's that next generation of Hemingway hadn't come back out yet? But those two jobs, to me, Berkeley, which is a huge job, it's it a huge job, and Conway is too. Um, and and to to not really be and get any takers on these jobs, and I mean, we know they pay well. I mean, well, they they pay well. May not be any Ellingtons left over there in Berkeley. It may not be. <laughs> it's that next wave they're looking yeah, for. Right. Well, Berkeley's got so much else going on over there now because, like I said, now, like you say, Hanahan's in Berkeley County. So, I mean, you got Goose Creek. You got uh, the schools are coming from out of nowhere now. I mean, you got some three now that we I've never even heard of. All right, other coaches that stepped down, Shaq Hinton at Eclair was there with three years, went to the playoffs, two of those three. Um, the first year was the only one he didn't. I'm not sure why he stepped down other than maybe take an assistant coaching job in the upstate from what rumors are. So Eclair's looking for one. Fort Dorchester, the Steve LaPrade, the community down there rallying around him after uh, – and you heard about this whole incident, didn't you? As far as the is, yeah. – he basically heard players saying, well, I think I'm going to transfer next year. And uh, Coach LaPrade basically went off. It's kind of uh, uh, a rant, <laughs> we'll call it that. Yeah. Um, he pulled a Chris Cox and he cussed it and he just didn't like it and he let it roll. He did. He said, if you're not committed, <laughs> go. I only want people that want to be here kind of a thing. So, um, anyhow, uh, they met at the school district and the school district basically said, no, we're going to hire somebody else. So, they are still looking for a head coach over at Fort Dorchester, which is a shame because that uh, is – has been the premier program down there outside of uh, Somerville, what, the Watch last out. 10 years? But they, they tabled the resignation letter yeah. until a later date. So they, well, the parents and the players that did go in support of LaPrade, that helped him, and it, it kept a stay of execution, so to speak. I'm telling you right now, Berkeley ain't got a coach, and this guy, they do accept that resignation. That's the first guy I call <laughs> if I'm Berkeley High School. I'm saying come on up the street a little ways, buddy. <laughs> Uh, Landrum is still looking for a head coach, as is May River, who, um, uh, with Rodney Summers stepping down there. North Charleston is looking for a head coach. Spring Valley, uh, Robin Bacon retiring um, down there. So Spring Valley and the Vikings, that is a beautiful facility if you get a chance to see it. So uh, that one I, I would suspect here in the next month or so should fill. So Columbia, Spring Valley, Eau Claire. Did you say Eau Claire? Uh-huh. <laughs> so Florida's the only one out of those basketball teams that actually has a coach. <laughs> And the other ones are looking now? That's crazy. Yeah. 
Uh, Wahala is looking for a head coach in football, as is Woodruff and Wren, with Jeff Tate retiring down there. The Woodruff one, I'm hearing that Chris Miller is going to be one taking that job, and uh, that's just a rumor that's going on. I'm not positive if that's going to happen or not, but uh, Coach Miller has some ties down That'll there. That'll be the huge area. there for them. You're oh, right. Oh, guaranteed. You know, and, and Woodruff is one of those, too. You look at the last three or four hires that they've made at head coach. They've been trying to find another Willie Varner. Yeah. It just hadn't worked out. Hadn't worked out. So those are the coaching jobs that are still available. Uh, but there's a, I mean, there's a list of, what, maybe about 25 schools over the course of the last uh, month that have been looking for new uh and, you know, we coaches. joked about it. I shouldn't have said it because I always going to bring up more jinx what we're talking about. I'm going to say, as soon as we get some of these these jobs filled, there's going to be other jobs, and boom, they were. Boom, boom, boom. It boom. happens like every Tuesday, it, it seems it's to just like, yep, like just, clockwork. <laughs> so we're going to announce it on Monday right after the Lakeland Sports guys are done with their podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's fine because we'll be ready on Monday <laughs> afternoon, I promise you. All right, let's get to some of the local things going on in and around uh, the Lakelands area as far as high school sports go. Varsity Wrestling, Emerald High School, again, coming up big. They beat Pillion 54-30 to in this one. Uh, they get off to a hot start. They pinned their first four out of five matches, uh, finishing off with a total of seven pins on the night. So uh, one of their better matches that they've had here so far. Those earning pins, Elijah White, Vance Powell, Austin Johnson, Malachi Conway, Dawson Seberg, Jaden Turner and uh, our favorite linebacker slash running back that is out there, Christopher Fiazzo, was one of the ones that ended up with a pin. Laying it down, man. Keep going. That man, it's, it's like they're hitting that stride at the perfect time. Yep. Uh, by the way, they are going to be in action uh, this Friday night, six o'clock. They're going to be, I believe, at Woodruff. Is yep. They're going to be at Woodruff for a regional individual tournament that's been going on. You get your tickets at Ticket Spicket. .com. I like that one. Ticketpicket.com. Uh, by the way, tickets available at the gate, too, for 5 bucks in case you can't get there. Uh, and then uh, the other news is coming out of Emerald and the wrestling program, uh, because they don't have a senior night, Was well, it was actually that game uh, against Woodruff uh, last night. Um, they're going to go ahead and have their senior night coming up on the 31st. So uh, with the All-Lakelands Tournament, that's when they'll announce their seniors and, and recognize them in that regard. So it's going to be in their building. So uh, not this Friday, but next Friday, I believe. Awesome. Good. So we'll see how it goes. Greenwood basketball, uh, we were talking about this before the podcast. Greenwood goes uh, to uh, Westside, and they come back uh, you know, with an L, but it's a close one. 61-54, they take the number five team in 4A down to the wire. Amari McGowan has a huge night, as does Kalik Williams. They each have 10 points. Greenwood falls to 2-3, and three, though, in the region. Rams uh, continue on. They move to 4-1 and one in region play. But Greenwood back in action tomorrow night at the Nest. They get Greenville at 7.30. Wow. Okay. Out of the – what is the old saying? Into the fire. Yeah. <laughs> but you can understand something. This is a very talented conference that we're playing in. Region. Yeah. Uh, region's what we're going to call it, not conference. But, I mean, because like you say, you've got Westside, you've got Greenville, you got North Augusta. This is a talented group of teams. And like I said, it's just getting harder and harder for Coach Greg and the boys. I'm telling you, there's not an easy game out there. Well, yeah. and we got to remember that this Greenwood basketball team is the first-year coach which we're not going to buck on that too much. But he's got a very, very young team. So let's, you know. Oh, let's, I love his Let's philosophy. get in the playoffs yeah. and, and get that number three spot and 
move forward. I love his philosophy yeah. on it. So. I, I like the team starting to buy into it now. They're actually yeah. starting to see what, what he's preaching and what it means. Yep. So, good news there. Um, over on the girls' side, the girls' basketball, they filed the west side 50-34. to Anna Wardlaw gained 17 points. Ty Johnson added five. Elijah Williams had three. The leading scorer for the west side Rams was Scott. She had 12, as did Barnes, uh, had 12 to go along with that. But really, the second quarter, uh, you know, defensively, they just they couldn't get anything going offensively either in that second quarter. And that, that's kind of what doomed them in this one. Other than that, uh, that one quarter, this could be an even game. They've got their Elena Boston on that team. That, that girl's pretty good size. And then Destiny Smith on the JV girls' side. She ends up with 14 points. They get a win over the West Side Rams uh, in this one, 37-28. And they did it with defense. They only allowed West Side three points in the first quarter, seven in the second, and six in the fourth. <laughs> so single digits, single digits they held them to wow. uh, in three of the four quarters. That's That's solid. a tough defense. So what's going on tomorrow night? Well, the girls' junior varsity and the boys will be at Greenville. Um, and then, of course, uh, the varsity will be back uh, taking on Greenville at home. So we'll have that those games to go along. And then at Emerald, you've got girls' junior varsity uh, tonight. Um, junior girls and boys varsity, they'll be at Woodruff. And then boys wrestling on Friday, they'll have the individual regional tournament uh, that'll be taking place after school, as well as the girls basketball versus Woodruff uh, that night as well. So going to be fun. So I can't wait to talk about their wins on Monday. <laughs> All right, we're at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. Glad to have you listening along. Make sure to stop on by. Enjoy some of the great specials that are going on. Matter of fact, I had the pastrami today with the onions on a Kaiser roll and oh, with the cheese to go along with it. It was delicious. So uh, that and some chips to go along with it. But Stan likes the fries that are down here. Yep, uh, I do. As well. Of course, today's special is the twice-baked potato with the ribeye steak sandwich to go along with it on Thursdays. So we got some younger listeners making their way we in. We do. <laughs> so enjoying some of the sports in our sparkly dress. All right. Let's turn our attention now more towards the big boys as uh, we'll stay here locally and, and, and talk a little bit about what's going on. First of all, with Erskine as of right now, they remain a perfect 0-21. <laughs> On the season, so uh, no they wins. have yet to win a basketball game as of yet. Uh, Lance Schuler, 23 points, 10 rebounds to go along with it. He also added three assists in this one, and he's one of the uh, leading stats guys in the Peach or the Conference Carolinas to go along with all of that. Erskine goes on the road. He got another tough one taking on Barton up there uh, just below Greenville, North Carolina on Saturday, 2 o'clock. Uh, the Bulldogs have dropped three straight after winning their first nine conference games, so they're looking at this one as uh, their first W to break their losing streak as well. But Erskine's got to get something. Got to get something. Is this positive. not that game? This, this could be. Well, is this not Barton, the game? Barton is tied for second right now. There's a three-way tie for second in Conference Carolina, and Barton is one of those three. But they're, got, but they're on a losing streak right now. So they're on now a three-game losing now's streak. Now's a perfect time to come in there and just steal that win, yeah. that, that one elusive win for Erskine and the Pleat. Let's get it done, please. Come on, Coach. Let's get it done. Yeah, but they're going to have to shoot a little bit better from the field. They're only shooting 36% as of right now. Um, you know, at three points, they're only, uh, they're only about a half – percentage point from three-point range. So uh, basically, they're going to have to get things done inside in the paint. 
That's what I was getting ready point. to say. They need to get in there and rebound and get some easy layups. Well, that alludes yeah. back to the coaches. If he's letting them shoot the threes, like I said, if I had a player on my team and he's shooting the threes like my grandma would shoot a three, his butt's sitting right beside me, and we're going to go inside. If he wants to get them off the bench, he can go inside and do it. But you got to work as a team here. And then, like I said, they, this is the way I'm telling you this is it, Tom Carroll. Monday. <laughs> We will talk about that elusive first win. Caroline, remember I said that. All right. We'll see what happens. Also, uh, the uh, softball preseason polls for Conference Carolina have come out, and you got King and Mount Olive tied uh, at number one in the preseason polls that were released yesterday. Erskine comes in at number 10. So you got King and Mount Olive, followed by Francis Marion, Emmanuel, Belmont Abbey, Barton, UNC Pinbrook, uh, Lise McRae and North Greenville all in front of you. Howard, do you know that he's always talking about Mount Olive and we're talking about the – I love pickles. Pickle Festival The Pickle Festival. Olive. So is that what we're going to do this year? Lakelands are going to go to the <laughs> Conference Carolina's Peach Belt Festival. So have you been? He wants yeah. to go with us. It's, so, it's hey, a we good got, time. It's a road trip. It's a road trip. It's a road trip. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to follow the Conference Carolinas to we're Mount Olive. We're follow it all the way up there. <laughs> <laughs> to go along with it. But players to look for for Erskine and softball. You got Caden Chandler Jr. She's an outfielder from Asheville, North Carolina. Also, Kaylin Ingle, the sophomore right hand pitcher from Stoneville, North Carolina. And Brooke Patterson, um, also a sophomore first baseman from Hanahan here in South Carolina. So those are going to be the three players you're going to look for Erskine that it should make the most impact. They should have one from Abbey, but I can't think of her last name, though. Well, we can go in and look. Oh, you're good. No, no, we're good. We don't want to slow the don't slow the program down, man. It seemed like they might have had one from Greenwood too to sign with them, but not whether or not. Yeah, she's you playing know, play like a duff, duff, yeah. She's playing like a bunch of different sports too, isn't yeah, she? She's I playing soccer so. as well as softball and and. Uh, well, they probably, they, they probably just gave her a half scholarship for soccer and a half scholarship for softball, so. Well, that's what she's I was telling her mom. For free. That's what I was telling her mom. You're talking about C.C. Lewis is who I'm talking about. Yeah. She's went for golf, and I don't think she's playing anything else. Yeah, right. she might be just playing the They side. missed out. I will say that. They, Erskine missed out on that, like you say, that half scholarship for whatever. Yeah, yeah she, she could have joined everything for one, for the price of one, because yeah. she was that good. She's not on the roster. There isn't even an Abbeville softball player okay. on here on the I'm roster for 23 wow. as of right now. So, uh yeah, the only one with an A is Asheville, and that being Chandler, as I had mentioned before. So, see, I knew you were all. Yeah, me and Sam trying to take you off track. <laughs> we gotta get you back. Throw on. me another curve, somewhere down the line. <laughs> oh, you hit out of the park, man! No need to throw them. All right, well, let's talk about uh, the men's basketball program over with our Lander Bearcats. Uh, they take down Georgia College on the road uh, yesterday, extending their winning streak now is at five. So big news, knock on wood, don't want to jinx that at all. But they moved to 15-4 and four overall, 7-2 right now in the Peach Belt. And Georgia College, they dropped to 6-12, and 2-7 and seven in Peach Belt play. But Noah Dunn is, has just been an animal the last three games. As a matter of fact, 18 points, I think he's averaging around that. Uh, maybe closer to 20 uh, to go along with it. But the first half, a lot of scoring on both sides, and then the defense stepped in in that second half and uh, really shut them down to the final being 69-54. Like I said, I, this is like I found – it's kind of like when you're, you're, you're clearing out your nightstand and you find your Bible you haven't looked at in a while. This is me and the Peace Belt stats stand. I'm just like <laughs> – I'm like a kid at Christmas time. I'm over here looking – Blackler's averages. How many points a game? Well, I, I can't believe what they're sh how many shots they're getting off. Now, granted, this is 40 minutes total, right? Yeah. yeah. Is what yeah. it is. So they shot 25 of 64 from the field. 
Um, 15 of 43 from three-point range. So of those 64, 43 were from behind the arc. That's, I mean, that's when you're making you're training it. them. That's yeah. when you're but making them. That's when you're making them. <laughs> that kid can stay there. Or you're sitting on the bench yep. beside the coach. Oh, if he's when, making them, but he just hey, – when, when you hit that 35-footer and you still got 20 <laughs> seconds left on the yep. shot clock, yep. that's yeah, when you're you hunting. better be making them. That's when you're hunting. If, you, if you're not making them, you're going to be on the bench. But I, Let's just look at the top, the top – let's say four teams because you got four teams – North Georgia seven and one mm-hmm. in in conference. Augusta seven two, Lander seven two, and USC Aiken seven and two. These all have really good records to go along with the overall. North Georgia's fourteen and two, Augusta sixteen three, Lander's fifteen four, and that's why I said these are the key games for Lander. It's going to be Aiken and Young Harris because they're right there with you. Mm-hmm. So not only do you want to stay with them in the, in the conference run of it, but you need that overall to stay with them too. So there's going to be some big games with those three schools coming up at the end of the year. It's going to be solid. Well, I didn't got, realize this conference was like got about another three weeks left. There's not a lot. That's what I'm saying. You're, you're getting down to the peak, uh, peak time of the year. So like I said, those are the three teams I'll definitely be watching. And who knows? Maybe we can sneak up there and knock, knock, like you said, Augusta or North. I mean, uh, North Georgia out. Yeah, but a five-game winning streak. Knock on wood. Don't <laughs> want to ruin it. Uh, that's the big news. So, uh, Flagler College this coming Saturday, three thirty. Um, it'll be, I believe, at Flagler. No, it's at home. It's at uh, Finish One Arena. So uh, come on out, enjoy that game, three thirty, and we'll bring everybody out. See the Lander Loonies will be out there as well. I'm sure. That's one we got to tell you. That's one we got to have there because this team's ten and ten, four and five in conference. So this is the game you don't want to lose at home. No, you don't want to give anything up at home. If you're on the road, well, it's a little bit different. You day, mentioned but. those four that are there, Flagler being one of them. Right, that's the game this coming Saturday. Right. But then you get to the big guys, Young Harris at Young Harris on Wednesday. Next Saturday, USC Aiken, which that's is a it. team that's right behind you. And then you got the rematch uh, against Augusta. That's the three games. So those are the three big. And ones. And you just Flagler in now, and then you put the other three in after yeah. that. Those those are big games. Where's the Augusta game? Is it here or there? Um, there. Augusta is here. Yeah, is it? Okay. Yeah, the last there. one was there, so okay. it's here. This that's one we need. That's Wednesday one we definitely need to get out and be loony with the loonies. All right, well, I'll come get you. We'll go. We'll that it's a 7.30 game that evening, so we'll have plenty of time to eat it. That's cool. At Howard's or Carolina Tavern and go from there. Roll it. <laughs> road trip. <laughs> Stand road trip. <laughs> no, uh, it's, it's, it, we're, we're going to make it part of it now, man. This is one you got. You played so well all year defensively. You're playing good basketball. You're putting points on the board. You're shooting free throws, which, I mean, that's one thing about this site. I love this site because of that. It'll tell me who's shooting good from the three and also from the line. It gives me rebounds. It gives me leading scores. I mean, if you're looking for a site that tells you everything, go to peachfell.com. Yeah, and these these top four pro teams that you're mentioning, they've got two or three players that are, are leading the way in all of those top Oh, yeah. Teams, so. I mean, each one of them in each team, I mean, I can tell you, the kid from Augusta is incredible. He, two of them. They got two of them in yeah, double figures. They do. Guess. You're right. And that one kid, he was player of the year last year, remember, in that, down there in that, whenever they played for the championship, he was player of the year. Well, it all comes back to you've got to win the games he's playing at home. Let's win the games at home and then just take them one game at a time. We got Flagler coming up on Saturday at home. Let's go take care of business, guys. Let's get the win. And then we'll worry about the next one when the next one comes up. Tyshawn Crawford is his name. I couldn't think I had to look it up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one is Miguel Arnold. 
that, like you say, you got two guys. One's averaging 21.2, the other one's 17.3. And then you come on down. You know what we're looking for here. We're looking for Mr. Noah Dunn. And Sherfield. And Sherfield, yeah. Sherfield and Dunn, you're right. I mean, they're right there. So, I mean, 12.7. Is that a singing group? Sherfield and Dunn. Well, as long as they win and they can sing. When, when they're losing, they got to I'd rather watch them dance and sing. Let's dance. There you go. Let's hey. dance. But, I mean, this is, I mean, like I said, this is what you want. You want a team that's balanced. I mean, yeah, you got those two guys, but then you come down and you're look. you got two more guys in double. You got four guys in double digits scoring. Four guys. Not just two. Because the other two are 11.2 and 12.1, or 12.1 and 11.2. That's pretty solid. I mean, that's pretty good to have that like that. So, Well, when you're shooting the ball 65 times from the field <laughs> in 40 minutes, I mean, you're launching the ball pretty quick in the shot Every clock. Every 15, 20 seconds, yeah. Yeah, Jacob Cooper is the other one I was good. talking about. So, yeah, I mean, it's but I mean, everybody, I mean, it's just like it's all up and down the same thing. Every team's doing the same thing. So, like I said, your next three week, our next three games are crucial. That's where we're going to go from that, and that, that puts you where you're at. You're either in first, you're wanting to be second, you're wanting to be third, or you are third. The, you hold it with yourself. Go get it now. Yeah. If you're Omar, man, you say, hey, it's, it's in our hands, and that's what we want it. We win it, we got it. If we lose it, we're going to have to fight it back in the tournament to get where we want to be. So. All right. Uh, other basketball action. Uh, talk about the ladies because big news coming out yesterday. The game at South Carolina versus LSU is a sellout. There is no room, no standing room, and we couldn't get in. No road trip. Want, no, nothing. <laughs> but uh, no road trip. Uh, you're facing two undefeated teams: twenty and O South Carolina, nineteen and O LSU. Number one versus number four. Um, it, you know, and it just gets bigger and bigger uh, as this game gets closer and closer. Does it not? This is one of those that stands five. We we get the ribeyes, we get Howard to do the twice bakes, and and we watch it in the comfort of the peanut room. There you go. <laughs> well, the thing about it, they're gonna be uh, has LSU ever played in front of eighteen thousand plus? They they play. I don't think there's and, another stadium that big. I know. So <laughs> that I mean the home home field advantage on that court. Or those women with 18,000. And they won't be that many LSU people. There'll be some, the mamas and the daddies and a few aunts, uncles, and boyfriends. But uh, there won't be, out of 18,000, that that, that 17,000 probably going to drown them out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, well, the Gamecocks won the last uh, regular season meeting. Uh, I guess that was like. They've won it six times since 2014, like so it's, yeah. it goes back a long, yeah. long way. I thought I was the only one to mop this way. You got that right right there. You got that right. <laughs> I like the racetrack I do too. portion of it. Uh, but USC has sold out at least one game each year, dating back to 2015-16 uh, when it played its first sellout game against UConn, and that was back at the start when, when Coach Daly got here. Yeah. yeah. So. And UConn's always been a sellout down there, and uh, – of course, they've always had a good – I think the Stanford, when they came in one year, was another sellout. But very few of these teams play in front of – I mean, the girls are used to playing in front of 10,000 at home. Yeah, oh, yeah. They mm. played in front of 18,000. Now, you bring a team in that's used to playing in front of maybe 8,000. At most, I would and, think. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah others and that now play. it's just – it's going to be tremendous. I mean, the, the atmosphere and – It'll be electric down there. That's what, and that's what their coach said. She said 
the the biggest problem I'm gonna have is that right there. Yeah. The sheer fact that they're gonna get there when they do the lineups, they're gonna cut the lights down, they're gonna they're gonna make it like it's an NBA event and the starstruck eyes hit and you don't want that from your players. You want them to act like they they've been in that situation before and she says, They're just gonna have to close your eyes and say, I have been here and go out there and as Stan says, take that thirty point butt whipping but <laughs> <laughs> And this may be the one we lose, Stan. I shouldn't yeah, Well, you know, and I don't have a problem with it. I don't have and, 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 and the reason I say that is Dawn, ever since she's been there, she's never shied away from playing anybody. She wants to play the Yukons, the Stanfords, the LSUs, the people that are one, two, three, four in the mm-hmm. nation. Okay, so she's been number one for twenty seven, twenty eight weeks in a row now. Um you know, you're the hunted. Uh, there's no other way around it. Everybody that comes in there wants to beat you. It doesn't matter if, what number is in front of their name, if they even have one. But Well, uh, UConn, you mentioned them. They're coming up February 5th. Oh, yeah. um, and that'll be a noontime game on Fox. And then they got a rematch February 12th with LSU at LSU. That'll be a 2 o'clock game on ESPN. That'll be the one everybody – that's the one if you're already LSU coach, you don't – you say, well, look, if something does happen and we do get we get beat down, we got them back at home in a couple of weeks. Yeah. You got to remember what we've done to get to where we are. We're on the national stage because of what you've done so far. One loss to a South Carolina team doesn't kill you. No, it, it makes you definitely makes you stronger because you're gonna you're gonna get that percentage win if you lose or not because you're playing that team on the at on the road. That's so when they come well, back you're home, you're playing then, against somebody that that will give you competition, right? You know, and playing. I think that's what uh, Dawn wants with her team. She wants some, she don't like these thirty point blowouts. Yeah, she's having fun sitting over there on the bench eating her candy, and all. Oh, but at, in those, are, you want the tough games. You want those two point wins, the one point wins, the games that go down to the last shot, the overtime wins like at Stanford. That. That just makes you so much better. And the the number of people that she is playing, I mean, even the walk-on hit a three at Stanford, that's how much confidence yeah. she's got in everybody on that bench. By the way, LSU's gymnasium holds sixteen or 13,215. So, yeah. so there'll be 13,215. So there'll be about an, an extra 5,000 on top yeah. of that for yeah. this game. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, it's just where you want it to be. I mean, that's like Stan says you want to. I'm different than Stan. I'd rather have that 30 point game every time that blowout win. I, I don't want a close game. I don't care about them. Let me let me rest my players and get me ready for the next game. But you know, if we can go out and beat the team by by 40, let's do it every game. But I mean, like I said, SEC, the parity level. That's the one sport I guess Stan right now is that it's not even is women's basketball. Men parity parity's fairly the, well. The, I mean. The, the, League itself, I mean, you've got Tennessee starting to kind of make a little bit of noise. Now, the old misses and all that used to be making a little bit of noise, they're not up there like they were. Uh, Mississippi State Georgia, losing their coach. Uh, and the Georgia coach took off and went to Texas A&M. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it's – And that's Dawn's buddy. That's yeah. her friend, too. So, so. You know, it's. I just don't see the parity this year. I mean, it, it may pop back in next year, but yeah. like I said, I, I. Well, the Stanford group gave them a, probably their closest game of the year. Yeah. And yeah, no doubt. They, they'll play they've again. Lost, I really they've do. lost another one since then. So I think they'll play again. Uh, that, that, could come, it could, that could be your final at the end of the year. That's, I, that's kind of where I was leaning toward it. I, I, 
And well, if it and is, I mean, we know what we got to do because we know what they do. We've already played them, and we know they like that inside ball play, and then they don't float the ball out like South Carolina does, and that's what hurt them in that game. Mm-hmm. They relied strictly on, you know, bodying up against the Bostons and Cordoza, and you're going to lose those games if you do that against South Carolina with Cordoza, Elena Boston, because you're going to have, like you said, you're going to have Zoe, out, I mean, Zai out there shooting the ball. And the rest of that crowd, they can shoot lights out too, and that's just the one difference between Stanford and South Carolina basketball. Well, and and a lot of people saying, "Well, look at Ohio State; they're like number two now." But look at who Ohio State plays. <laughs> they haven't played. They anybody. hadn't played. They hadn't played the Stanfords, the Yukons. They're not gonna play them. Oh, they played a Maryland team, I think. That was. They may have been ranked 14th at the time they played them, but Carolina had already beat them. Well, I was gonna say Carolina early beat in them the year, so you know. Um, you can look at the women's top 25, and South Carolina's played several of them because I know UCLA they played. Yeah. Um, they played a couple in that pack, the Pac-12, yeah. as we call yeah. it. I mean, so well, they might, they took that road trip out yeah. there. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. that's that's how you get better. I mean, that's, yeah. I agree totally with it. The fact that she can take a girl like Chloe Kitts, brand new to campus, and just say, hey, go out there and do something. Show me why I brought you in. And I am so excited because I, I know I shared it with you today. Mm-hmm. Um Melissa Poolwally from Keenan High School uh, is a uh, McDonald's oh, All-American. All-American. Yeah, she's so a starter, a starter on the All-American. That's team. the first time for here, I think. And then we already know she's got the little slam, if you want to call it. But she's also committed to the Gamecocks. So that just is another one. Because that's what you look at next. You look at who's going to be on Poolwally's team. How many Gamecocks are going to be playing with her in that game from all over the place? But to have a, a Columbia kid – uh, and we knew it was coming because, like I said, she's been a star for four years at Keenan. This is her last year, of course. And just the fact she's coming to Carolina to play basketball for Dawn, that's where it's at, and it's the recruiting aspect, and that's what Dawn does well. I mean, well, I've got my own deals with Dawn, but, I mean, when it comes to basketball and <laughs> well, coaching that sports, team. We're not snacking in the pond. Yeah, well, here, here's the thing, like, you're talking about kids. With Chloe, I mean, this was a girl that was should still be in playing her senior yeah. year in high school. She comes to Carolina – at, she graduates early, <laughs> comes to Carolina back in December. But what gets lost in the mix was she wasn't just playing high school basketball. She was on the under-17 USA national team. So she had already made a name for it. Dawn knew what she was getting. She wanted her on that court. So that, you know. And Paul is doing the same thing. And yeah. just what, what she learns in this McDonald's game is going to be invaluable to her once she yeah. does get to get to Carolina next year so. Yeah, when you look at the roster, though, for that All-American, how many of those girls are going to be playing for Dawn? That's what I said. You're going <laughs> well, to probably have two, three. three. It yeah. just depends on I how mean, many she graduates. But you if you know, look – She can get anybody she wants, you know, and so who do I want? Who, what player have I played against that may enter the portal? Do I want them? Yeah. I think this cool yeah. thing is – you're already going to have Full Wally there who's going to be singing Dawn's yeah. praises. What if there's a girl on that thing that – has not made that tittering. decision, and it's kind of like, you know, Coach Staley, she knows what she's doing in Columbia. You want to be a good women's basketball player? Come on with me. Yeah. I mean, that's how you get it done. And if you can still one or two off of that McDonald's team like Coach K and, and those guys used to do, that's where they made their living, North Carolina and Duke, off of these McDonald's teams every but, year. But <laughs> you can also look at the – and it's not happening as much in the women's game as it does to men. You look at the Carolina team. Aaliyah Boston's been there four years. Zaya Cook, 
four years. Cordosa's on her third year. I mean, you just keep going down the list. Rebuild. These people are, have been there three, four, five years. They don't want to leave. Well, I could say she didn't want to go anywhere because, no, like I said, you know, the so, money in WNBA is yeah, not there like it is. Yeah, let, let's, you know, I want to play. If I'm a McDonald's, if I'm a McDonald's All American, and I want to play, then this is where I want to go, because I know these girls are going to stick around. There's a reason they're sticking around. Oh, they're winning. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fun. it's fun to win. Yeah. Now, poor Russian right now, they're trying to get that first win. But if they get it, look out, they might win two in a row and maybe win, you know, win a couple in the tournament. That's all they need is that first win to get that taste in their mouth. So, like, this is a good basketball team in Columbia. We know Don's a good coach. We know that they're going – they should be there in the end. I think they're, again – you know, you you kind of want to lose now, and as opposed to a tournament game, and then or an NCAA game, because it's over and done. Then. But the thing is, Dawn has gone through the season an an, an undefeated season at Carolina before, yep. and then COVID jumped up and bit them, yep. and didn't let them finish yep. what they should have. So she knows how to to get from game one to last game without losing one. So. But keeping could, the kids motivated is, yeah. is the thing. And yeah. the fact that they've got somebody else behind them that can yeah. take their spot, yeah. that's enough motivation. That's an, and, and they're playing against those kids every day, game in and game practice. And when they get to the game, the players they're playing against in the game aren't as good as the players they're playing against <laughs> in practice. And I'm not saying that in a, in a mean way. It's just how Nature many – if, if you've got – Boston and Cordoza on the field at on the court at the same time. Six five, six seven. Okay. Stanford, you might have a six five girl that can go up against Boston, but if you're playing man, who's gonna take the six seven Cordoza? And Cordoza wants yeah. to be out there. Yeah, and she wants to be out there and she plays and, and then oh well, like you said earlier, you start dropping two, three, four players in the box to contain them all of a sudden. Zai Cook's out there knocking down threes. Her you know, and Bree Bill, they're going to shoot them, down man. Threes. The, the Watkins girl coming in, the Johnson girl coming in. You know, those little mid-range jumpers that we talked about that nobody shoots anymore. Girls still take Watch the Carolina in. girls and see <laughs> see if they don't shoot them, they'll drop, drop a dime on you in a heartbeat. That's high percentage, though, and that's yeah. what Don wants, high percentage shots. Well, and she's, so. got the other, she's got the bigs right there under the basket if it – doesn't go in, they getting it for easy layups. And that's the difference between this year and last year. Last year, Boston would get in foul trouble, but this yeah. year she's not. I mean, mm-hmm. she's like, if she knows to go straight up, try to get the rebound, and Cordoza's probably like, play a little harder. I want to get in. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't want to go in as soon as you get your double-double, then I yeah. get to go in because you've already got your double-double for and the then game. Then I go, I want to go get mine too. <laughs> yeah. But that, that, that's definitely, that's huge there. And that's, you're right about the, the fact with – with uh, Boston and Cardoza because that's something the other t- the other teams they're going to play don't have. They don't have yeah. two that are big yeah. like that. They might have one. But then, you, but then you look, okay, well, we got a point guard that we can put in that's 6'4", with about a seven-foot wingspan. Yeah. I mean, nobody else has got that. That kid is you know? good. That, I can't think of the – what's the kid at, at – Stanford's little Goldilocks girl. I keep I I know I call Trevor that, but this girl's actually Goldilocks. I know, I know, I know she's just like one of the little Barbie dolls, and she's out there trying to bang with Boston and Cardoza. Yeah. Come on, you got to get some meat out there before you can start buying. Now she's got the height. She's yeah. actually taller yeah. than Boston, but, but she's, 
She's as a rail. She looks yeah. like, like I said, she looks like a Barbie model. And I mean, that's all well and good. But when you get out there and you, you're battling these behemoths or whatever, man, come on. You got to get that, somebody that, That's like there. Chloe Kitsch. You know, I hope Chloe, if you look at her now as a freshman and a true freshman coming in, she's a beanpole too. I she mean, is. but now she's 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, but, but she can shoot the rock though. But she can shoot it. <laughs> but she needs a little more meat so she can get underneath and kind of beat and bang with them. Oh, they got they got restaurants down there for that. They got they got she got a nutritionist that's gonna put a little weight on her probably. Oh, I guarantee. Something somewhere down that yeah. way. All right. Yes, we'll follow along. Amanda Let's Butler. get out of the rabbit hole. Amanda off. Butler. <laughs> oh no, we don't want to go there. They win his they, they won. They, they won. He don't want to talk about it though. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Clemson men had a big had a big we're, win. We're too. gonna get we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to the the Carolina guys as well. Uh, Do we have to coming. again? Yeah, we have. To. I felt good last night. I'm saying, look, we're not at home. We're gonna be relaxed, <laughs> and then it's like Chris Phillips says, you you go out there and play like that. And well, here's the question: When we get to it, I'm gonna let you go wherever you want to go. When we get to Carolina, I'll go and elaborate what I was gonna say about that. But well, I'll let you roll it and tell me where we're going first. All right. Well, let's start with the with the women because they go to Georgia Tech uh, tonight. Tonight, as a matter of fact, they'll have a game tonight at Georgia Tech. We'll see how they do there. But they come up way with a win at Boston College, a game that they should have won to begin with, sixty-seven fifty-seven. Uh, they dominated this game from opening tip-off to the final horn in this one. But it's the games against the big. Well, what is it? The the Top tier, I guess, yeah. you know, the top tier wins. Top How many do you have? And th- that's where Amanda Butler suffers and has not been able to get over the hump. They lose uh, last Thursday to Notre Dame, 54-57, to just not being able to find a way to close things out. And when you're that close to beating a team um, on your own home court, you've got to come away with a victory. You've got to get that win. And she hasn't been able to get over that hump at Florida, and she hasn't been able to do it here at, at, uh, at Clemson. Well, the problem last year was the opposite. She, the games that she was supposed to win, she wasn't playing with the crap in either, and they were losing those games big. I think about Notre Dame, and I think Muppin, the coach Muppin's yeah. retired, I think. But that's that's a tough game there. I mean, and what was the final of that one? 57-54. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a close enough game. I mean, yeah, but I get you, what you're saying about winning it. If you're at home, though. Yeah, you got a whole court. I mean, you, need, you need, number one, they need to put more than 1,000 people in there for the women's game. I agree game. with that. I mean – She's got you start winning that's, and it, that's it'll happen, the game so. that the game right there that three point loss to Notre Dame if you had had eight thousand people in Little John you probably yep. win it and the Irish outnumbered yeah. our fans big time big in time. that in so that you know how so. does that happen you know you yep. got the well, she's got another chance to make a statement. Yeah. They, of course, they've got to win against Georgia Tech tonight. Mm-hmm. But Sunday, they've got a big one at, at back at Little John. They get the Tar Heels, who are ranked. So. For the first time in, what, two yeah. years now. So we'll see and, how and the women it's a Sunday do. afternoon, so kids, you're <laughs> back at school. Go to the game. I'll call my daughter and make sure. Get your over. Over there. <laughs> why don't, why don't ta- you do the promotional take, take deals? Friend, and take some friends with you. you know? Go buy the bridge. See if they'll yeah. give you a T-shirt. And I remember like spring game. Didn't they do like free pizza to everybody that packed Death Valley? Do yeah. something like that there. Help yeah. them out. Mm-hmm. If you're Papa John's, throw the pizzas up there and let, say let's have a pizza party. <laughs> Kids like pizza. They like pizza. Um, so we'll see what happens uh, tonight, uh, Georgia Tech, and then again Sunday. Um, and we'll 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 revisit this again on Monday, and it, it, hopefully she'll do well. I, I I want her to do well and want her to succeed, but 
Well, track they, record they, is not now, good. I, I'm, I don't really watch a lot of the Clemson basketball. Do they do the same thing like in the fourth quarter of the game or the second half of the game late where the Vincent team shoots free throws? If they miss two, you get a free Chick-fil-A biscuit. Well, I'm sure they do. They do with something. the guys. You know, do it with the women too, you know. Yeah. Give, give the kids something to come for. <laughs> Make it exciting. And cheer for, yeah. Yeah, well, you know they they gave out uh, for the men's game um, against Duke. They gave out free T-shirts to the yeah. to the students mm-hmm. that came in. So they gave out two thousand T-shirts wow. to students. That's a lot of do shirts. that on the women's side. I mean, come on, help yeah. help help, help a man out. I mean, but you know, I know from last year to this year, you've been down on her. And like I said, they did make a mistake, Stan Spivey, by not hiring a fellow out of Greenwood. But yeah. they they got to live with that mistake now. So you got to get behind Amanda. Well, now, She's winning she, a little bit this year, and now, that's unusual. The one, the one thing she did do, she got, did go out and get her a McDonald's All American. She did year. do that. So you know, uh, and she's playing maybe well. Recruit, so. Maybe recruiting. That's been the difference. Makes up a little bit, you know. Uh, but how long is that McDonald's All American going to play for Clemson? They don't and, start winning, and not, and not win because you know she's used to winning, and you can bring that winning attitude into the practice facility every day and to the court on every game day. But if the rest of the team's not with you, you know, it, it makes for a long start, season. Yeah. You're going to start seeing some transfers. Yep. Yeah. Where he's going to come. All right, well, let's talk about the uh, men's side. We'll start. We started with Clemson last Monday. We'll start with Carolina this Monday. Mm. Second half woes continue on. Now, Gamecocks played really well. I mean, 34 26 at halftime. Um, they stayed right there with the Gators in that one, but then the Gamecocks made just three of their first 13 uh, second half shots. Um, the Gators ran away with it 81 64, the victory in this one. A pair of free throws uh, by uh, Gigi Jackson, and it concluded his 20. 20.10 rebound uh, loss to Florida. But since we have called him out, he has turned on the last two yep. games. Has he not? Yeah. He has, but you know, I got to throw my butt in here. <laughs> they were playing better as a team. You and I, we did. We jumped on him. Where's the assists? Where's the rebounds? Where's your double doubles? And he has started to do that, but the team isn't playing as well as they are together. Um, well, read me well, the stat line Me-Me- off of that. Michi can't walk across midcourt. Wow. With the ball and have 20 seconds left on the shot clock and throw up a three that goes clank. Which he's done yeah. before. And he can't come out. I mean, he only had three points. Yeah. Um, he had, uh, what, two rebounds? Um, and that that's his stat line. That's LeBron's yeah. fault there. That's LeBron's <laughs> fault. He got in Michi Johnson's head after that, those two two big games he had. Um, so, I mean – I'm I'm proud to see we're still playing a little bit of defense. Mm-hmm. Like I said, just like we talked about Coach Greg at Greenwood, I mean, Lamont Paris is in his first year. It's going to take some time. Well, This team still would have been, to me, and I, I could be wrong, but I don't think the coaching change has made a difference in it at all because if Frank had stayed, yes, some of the players would have stayed, but you're still going to be rebuilding this year either way if you have Frank Martin as a coach or you have Lamont Paris. So. Well, there were, after Frank left, there were eight players that left the program. Mm-hmm. All right. You've only, you only probably carrying 15 on your roster. So all of a sudden you're down to about seven ball players. And he brought so, two with him. So. And you bring a couple with you. Um, I, I don't like losing, Esther, but the, I'm okay with it. I mean, whether Parrish really understood SEC basketball coming in and what he needed to bring in from. He brought kids in from the portal that he thought would make him a good ball team. And maybe 
playing at Chattanooga, yeah, they would have. But playing in the SEC, well, maybe not quite as well. Isn't Josh Gray one of those he brought over? Yes. I yeah. think he is. So, you know, I think after, you know, let's get through this year. And uh, I think Frank Martin was like 10 and 18 or something like that his first year at mm-hmm. Carolina. Now, he did come into a dumpster fire with, after Horn left. He did. Um, let's give him a year and let now that he's been through, go gets to go through the whole SEC schedule and see what type of basketball is actually being played, the physicality of it all. And uh, you'll see him go get some more ball players, and you'll see a different team. Well, they should come away with a win this Saturday. They take on Georgia at Georgia. Um, you know, so hopefully they'll move to, to two and six in yeah. SEC play to go along with it. But the SEC is also up. Let's make mention of that because yeah. um, you look at the top 25, it's, it resembles a lot of what football top 25 looks like. And you've got uh, almost half uh, of those 14, 16 teams that are in that in that ranking. I remember last year, this, is, this was the one where we had the watch party and with Chris Phillips at Carolina Hospital, and Frank's got to win this game, and I mean, it was just it was just up and down, up and down. Here's what I, I'm taking into: I, I look at guys like Buzz Williams at A and M now, Mike Young from Walford to Virginia Tech, and I'm, what I'm doing is I'm trying to walk that tight route with with Lamont Paris at Chat mm-hmm. to going to an SEC team like Carolina, and it's not Upper Epsilon where it was, um, kind of like VT was, and the success they're starting to have now. That's where we got to be positive. Yeah. He can coach the game. He's just got to get the players, players to come in and believe in that game. Yeah. And once they do that, they're going to be fine. My problem with Carolina basketball is it's like when they play at home, they don't know where the hell they're at. Well, I, I heard <laughs> – They don't now, know where they're at. Now, you might be able to pull up stats on this, but I heard one – I think it was today. They were talking about the Carolina men and um, – out of the last four or five games that they have played at home, yeah. just strictly the home <laughs> games, they've never led. Not even like 2 nothing or 3-2. They've never led at home. Wow. That's my in, biggest in four problem. four or five ball games. That can't happen. I can, I can promise you, Nick just walked in, and he's a, he's a musician in Green. I'm going to tell you something. I know he knows where he's going to be playing at. <laughs> if he's at Howard's, if he's over across 30 at Boone's, if he's yeah. wherever, he knows where he's playing. Yeah. And, and that kind of goes back to the coach a little bit. Yeah. No offense, Nick. I know you know where you're playing. But, I mean, that, and that's, that's where I'm frustrated with Carolina basketball is the fact that we he can't seem to get it to realm in. Now, what we were talking about earlier with Gigi, do you want him to go out and score the double-doubles every game? That's what you expect from him. And that's all I think you want. But is it right? taken away from the team play is what I'm, I'm wondering. Is it taken away from team concept by you putting all the pressure on one guy? Go get your go get your well, money. Well, off the well if if he's playing hard and and kind of a playing as a leader, not playing as a me, but playing as a we. Mm-hmm. And and okay, if I can drive this basketball from the three point line, go through three trees, and hit a layup. You know, maybe you can do the same thing. You know, let's get some rebounds. I think Brown was good in preseason when he wasn't getting beaten, banged around. <laughs> but they got him playing the four when he's really a two or three. Yeah. So let's let's put him in the right. And this could be just personnel that you've got, and you've got to play with them. And this is where you feel like you got your best chance. But uh, 
He's got to control his fouls. He's fouled out the last three or four ball games. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to find somebody else that's going to compliment him because teams right now are saying, okay, he's going to get his points. We're just going to make sure nobody else gets any points. Well, if Meachie starts taking some – we all know he can hit the three, the long-range three. But, Meachie, let's don't worry about hitting it, you know, 29 seconds into the 30-second <laughs> shot clock. Let, let's get it down to at least 10, buddy. And, and yeah. make a few passes and let the ball come around and come back to you. Right. And if you if you get that little short jumper, take it. Yeah, Chico Carter's still playing well. Yeah, he he's playing 12. solid. Um, Josh Gray had a great defensive effort, 13 boards, uh, 11 points to go along with it in that process. But other than that, everybody else is like two or three points and like one or two rebounds, and the rest of the team has to get involved. My fear was with Gigi coming in was the fact that I'm this NBA-caliber player, and I'm going to come in and I'm going to do the same thing I've been doing at, at – um, where do you play at? Uh, Ridgeway? Mm-hmm. Ridgeview. Ridgeview. I'm going to play, be able to play the same way that I played there, and I'm going to be able to come into college and do the same thing. That's why what you said makes perfect sense. He's, he was, and this is where me and Cam differ. He wasn't ready then, and he's not ready now. Now it's when he's got to tone it in and realize this is where I'm going to learn to take it to that next level. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where he's going to be successful, and that's where it'll be a better basketball team. Um, but you're you're dead on with Brown. He's just got to start going straight up instead of getting the quick, silly fouls because we don't have a whole lot other than Gray. We don't have a whole lot of height on and that And Gray's, Gray's really not your big scorer. He's more of a defensive he, guy. Yeah, he, yeah, but he's a big-bodied, tall guy that can beat and bang, and it don't bother him. No, he's used, you know? he wants it. I mean, he, yeah. he, he plays better like that. What's yeah. that, a double-double yeah. last night yeah. mm-hmm. because of the rebounds first, and then he had to go find the points to get the double-double. But they're yeah. there. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of Michi, like you say, taking 40-foot shots and, and and just, you know, Gigi just running up down the floor like he's Magic Johnson or something. And he hadn't quite developed into that skill set yet. I just I, I think that's when if you're Lamont Paris, you just have to say, all right, let's calm down a little bit. Let's breathe and play as a team. All right. take, the, take the eye and go with the we again. So they play back in the ASCC at Georgia this coming Saturday. Um, should be a fun one to watch there. Hopefully they'll come away with the win and break this losing streak. Uh, it needs to yeah. end. It needs to end. All right, let's move over to the Tigers as uh, they take on Georgia Tech. This was the game at home. They were in the purple unis yeah. out on that orange floor. Just Oh, it's an awful combination. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, was it. Hard, it was hard to watch. It really was hard because I can't I can't get used to seeing them in purple. Clemson's hard to watch, um, man, but I like the purple out there, man. Oh, look, 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 here. look at him. B-Rand's got it. But 72-51, the final in this. Again, they reached their average uh, points per game in that being 70. They exceeded this time around and they complete the sweep of the Yellow Jackets. Uh, the win allows the Tigers to keep their grip on that first place in the ACC at 9-1 and one as of right now. They're 17-4 and four overall, and Georgia Tech suffers their sixth six straight loss in this one. But Clemson maintained a double-digit lead uh, for all but 40 seconds of the second half uh, in this win. And uh, 51 points by Georgia Tech is a season low for the Yellow Jackets. So um, those guys that have we're playing defense against Duke. Uh, have come right back out, and they continue to march on with this. Tech managed to shoot just 39% from the field, um, going 4 of 23 from deep. Not good. Mm-mm. 
I, I'm, I'm, I'm going from AP to coaches poll. Just look at it. You know, I like to do that just mm-hmm. to be silly. But I do. Like I said, Clemson's ranked 23rd in coaches poll. That's where I go by. I mean, like I said, and they are ahead of Duke, who's 25. Uh, I want to know when people are going to start talking about that Charleston team. The Cougars. That's got well, the one law. Yeah. The Cougar. <laughs> well, they were – they were one – and one of the polls I saw, they were one step ahead of Clemson. They were right in front of Clemson, yeah. But they're 18 in this poll, so they're, yeah. they're a good bit ahead. A couple, yeah. Here's the thing. We talk about parity in it in, in the conferences. Uh, Purdue plays Michigan tonight. Boom, that's your number one team again. Whoever's been number one can't hold it. It was Houston last week. It was Purdue the week before that, so now it's Purdue's back to one. Is this the week Alabama finally says, you know what? Go ahead and play Michigan because we're going to play and we're we're second. Alabama's number two and ain't nobody talking about Nate Oaks and the and the Crimson Tide. Um, and then you come on down and you got number four is Tennessee. You come on down. I mean, I mean the parity's there. ACC and SEC and Pac-12 they dominate this poll other than Charleston. That that's really the only and Xavier and a couple other ones. But I mean. Those two, those three conferences are the ones that are the kit caboodle, so to speak. So well, it'll be interesting to see. But yeah. I mean, nobody's talking about Alabama, and they're a mm-hmm. solid basketball team. Yeah, they're number what? Number two right they're now. They're number yeah. two. So well, you look at College of Charleston and what Clyde is doing right now. Twenty-one and one. Uh, their only loss to North Carolina, and that was eighty-six to one hundred two, was the final of that one. But they have dominated everybody else. There isn't a game that is uh, close outside of maybe Virginia Tech and. and um, North Carolina, but other than that, everything else has been blowout wins. I mean, that you know, for one, it's the Colonial or Colombia Colonial Conference or whatever you want to call it. They're not going to get a lot of hits because that. But I want you to think about the teams I'm fitting to tell you. Elon, generally a, a dancing team from this conference. Uh, UNC Wilmington, they usually make the dance every other year. So, so in order for the they get, and, and Chattanooga, they're also in that conference as well. So Charleston to keep. Those are the teams they're going to have to beat. Davidson and, and um, like I said, I didn't realize they beat Virginia Tech. They did, 77-75 mm-hmm. earlier this year. That was a huge win there out of conference. But, like I said, Colonial's always had that team in there, be Wilmington, be it you know, Davidson, be it whoever. And that, this year it's going to be Charleston, so you got a whole serve. And keep with the one loss and, and win your conference. But, you know, they slip up and lose a couple of games and – that season's gone. I hate to say it, but it's well. Well, College of Charleston does have a little basketball history they behind do. them too. They do. So <laughs> that's something they can look up in their home gym and see and say, "We want to at least be as good. As, we want to be better than that team that went to the big dance that that didn't win but one ball game. Well, let's go win two ball games in the big dance, or let's this is let's make it to it. the elite yeah. eight. You it's know, a lot like that team that you're yeah. talking to yeah. with Bobby Crimmins as the coach. But, I mean, that that's a solid – I like the way you said that, man. It's just a way to look at this thing. Let's do one more than what everybody else has ever done here. Yeah. And if you do that, you may succeed. Yeah. All right, well, Hofstra is their next opponent, so the Cougars will be at home 4 o'clock this coming Saturday taking on Hofstra. Um, it's hot, is they the Mountain Lions, I think they are, aren't they? <laughs> Something like that. Something I can't like remember. That. What I can't they're, remember. It's Battle of the Cats, we'll just call it that. Um, but that will be a TD arena once again. And that arena, that arena will hold probably close to 8,000. And they do pack it out. That's the one thing I was going to say. And if you watch uh, any of the teams that are – even though number one gets is being bounced around right now, go down to Alabama, go up to Tennessee when that men's team is playing, even if it's a Tuesday night. Yeah, Summit Arena, and and, and they're going to be Tennessee's packed. crazy. So 
there's got to be some correlation between a packed stadium and winning ball games, especially if you're at that stadium is your home stadium. <laughs> all right, so uh, we'll look forward to seeing how all the teams do, including uh, here and around the Lakelands with our local high schools. Wish them the best of luck. But before we go, I know, Chris, you wanted to call out the Dallas Cowboy fans. You made mention of it on Monday. I don't see any of them <laughs> I don't in here. See. That none uh, of them take you up on your challenge. I will tell you this. I haven't had a chance to talk to John Mark Scruggs, but I mean, like I said, he's John Mark. We still praying, brother. I know, I know you're going through some new chemo, some new meds, man. We got you with that. I'm not gonna give you crap about Dallas, but I mean, I, and I ain't, yeah, nobody, nobody took me up on it. I mean, it's all well and good. Everybody that's a Dallas fan, they know the problem, and his name's Jerry Jones and his son Stephen Jones and the rest of the crowd. When you got two deadbeats that are down there making all that money, and they ain't doing nothing. You get rid of two deadbeats, you might start winning some football games because you got a good head coach and you got a good offensive coordinator. Um, if you if can they keep stay them. around, well, yeah. so that Cooper Rush is your better quarterback on that team, not Hack Prescott or whatever you want to call him. But anyway, thank you for that time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we never say we don't talk NFL football here. Uh, <laughs> Lakeland Sports, guys. Get out, enjoy the games. Uh, come on by, see Howard, see B Rad here tonight. They got some great entertainment that's going to be taking place all weekend long. Uh, tonight, Friday, and Saturday, you want to come on by. Uh, enjoy the hospitality of happy hour that happens as well. Yeah, check us out. Check our pages out, both mine and the Lakeland Sports, guys, because Austin Landry shares this stuff with, with uh, me, and I put it on mine. And I haven't been putting on the sports page. Maybe I will to try to get uh, viewership up. up. (laughs) We'll know where Nick's playing (laughs) and and the rest of these guys from around here. they got some really good shows coming up this weekend. All right, so that's Dan Spivey. He's Chris Cox. I'm Tom Carroll. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys.